listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, you might say the preliminaries have been dispensed with, and now it's time to get down to the business of playing some Pac-12 football. This Saturday night, the 2-1 Arizona State Sun Devils open up the conference portion of their 2021 schedule as they host the 1-2 Colorado Buffaloes at Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we talk ASU football here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils and your host this evening. Glad you could join us. A breezy evening here at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in downtown Tempe. With me, as always, fourth-year Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards. Herm, good to see you. Good to be here. Thank you. Boy, the weather uh, starting to cool off just a little bit, huh? Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice. We have different uh, climates here, right? <laughs> it seems to me <laughs> one show we were doing was a little bit of rain, and, mm-hmm. and the next show was kind of hot. Now we got a little wind. Now we got a little breeze mm-hmm. going. And again, we're coming your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. We invite you to come down. Great food, tasty beverages, and some good Sun Devil football conversation here at the Lodge. Good group of guests set to join us here this evening. Joe Connolly, who is Sun Devil Football's head coach for football sports performance, will drop by for a visit, as will two third-year members of the Arizona State offense, guard Ladarius Henderson and wide receiver and Tempe Corona del Sol High School product, Ricky Pearsall. They'll be with us a bit later on. This being a football show, we are formatted just like a game in quarters. So without further ado, here's the first quarter of tonight's broadcast. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And we welcome back in head coach Herm Edwards. Herm, I'm wondering, is there a little extra bounce in everybody's step this week? Conference play set to get underway in 48 hours. Uh, Yeah, I think our players understand the importance of of conference play, and um, everything is still ahead of us. And I think we understood that. Uh, We we talked about that as a team. Uh, You know, when you think about the Pac-12 conference, it's one that can go – uh, up and down, all around. It just happens, it, it seems like, every week. But now uh, this is our first conference game and um, Colorado's first conference game as well. And, boy, oh, boy, the Pac-12 South right now is a wide-open division, isn't it? Well, I, you know, we all feel that way. And I think every year you feel like, you know, that division, when you think about since the existence of the Pac-12, uh, no team has gone 9-0, and right? Right. I mean, so, you know, everyone seems to, to play and, and – and that's why it's so competitive in the conference, whether you're in the north or the south. It seems to me you could build this one as a matchup of two teams that will be in foul moods on Saturday night, coming off different types of disappointing defeats. No doubt. And, um, and I think that's, you know, that's what football is all about. How do you recover? Do you let it linger on or do you, you get rid of it and say, hey, look, we got an opportunity? Everything we, we talked about this season, uh, we still have an opportunity to achieve that. There's no doubt about that because we start Pac-12 play. Absolutely. What were the film sessions like for you and your club and your coaches uh, in the uh, days after the BYU game? Well, I think the players looked at it and, and watched it, and um, they were disappointed. They were disappointed in, in, in how we performed, uh, how we got out of character, and, and, and allowed uh, uh, our, our emotions to get involved in the game. And when you think about a game where you turn the ball over that many times and you have uh, you know, a number of penalties, numerous penalties that um, – that hurts you against a good football team that does not make a lot of mistakes. 
And with that being said, it wasn't, you know, after the game, when you look at the tape, it wasn't that we play hard or physical or fast. We just didn't play smart at times. Yeah. And that's what we have to clean up. Were you surprised a team that is so experienced had a game that uh, saw so many fouls? No doubt. And one thing about football, you know, it's when you think you've seen everything, you haven't. Well, something that else something, comes That along. was something new. Saturday night, that was new for me. Wow. Of all my career in football as a former player, coach, whatever, that was a new thing, what I was witnessing. And, and we've got to get that out of our system. We need to play a clean football game. Just play a clean game. What can you and your staff do or what have you done in, in, in an effort to try to achieve a more disciplined style of play from your guys? Well, I, I think it's, it's, they haven't never had a problem with that since we've been here. I mean, that's just one of those games where you look at and you, you, you try to figure it out and you'll, you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure it out. You've got to say, hey, this is one of those games. Okay, we're, we got it out of our system. This can't show up anymore. And I think the players understand that too. When they, lock, when they watch the tape, they they looked at that and went, "Were they going? That was that us? Yeah, yeah kind of I, I, I didn't know it was them either. I was thinking I was watching somebody else play. I said, yeah. "What is this?" Yeah, there were moments in the game, and this is the element that made the loss so frustrating. There were moments I thought your team was dominant almost uh, the first and third quarters. Uh, some numbers. This is fascinating. In the first and third quarters, Arizona State outgained BYU two hundred eighty yards to eighty two, and outscored the Cougars seventeen to seven. Conversely, in the second and fourth quarters, it was BYU with a 279 to 146 total yard advantage and a 20 to nothing uh, lead in the scoreboard in those two periods. But the first and third, you had moments where you really were good on both sides of the ball. Well, then the first, you know, the first quarter started off kind of funny. We, we, we get a kickoff and we fumble the ball. They score and then we go right down and we score and we kind of make it a game. And okay, and then the second quarter shows up and we get a couple fouls and, you know, we turn the ball over. And then we go in at halftime, and we gather ourselves, and we kind of figure it out, go out the third quarter, and, all right, we're going to make this a game now. You know, we, we were behind, but we're going to make it a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we did. We made it a game, and then um, Merlin makes it. They did a great job. At the end back. of the third quarter. End of the third quarter, guy did a great job and strips it out. And, you know, where we could have maybe got the game tied or went ahead, it, it turned it turned it turned on us again you know and, and then at the end we just we didn't finish very well and you know they scored at the end to kind of take the lead but all through that even in the third quarter i felt like okay we're gonna make our run now we'll get back in the game we, we, we've settled down as a football team and then the fourth quarter shows up and we play offense going backwards yeah by our own account no one else is by our own account the crowd noise was such a huge factor in that game and, and the and besides the penalties the other issue was the communication wasn't it the signal getting uh, the right play in, signaled into jason or Jaden daniels what what were the issues there in your opinion and what was the strategy in just, terms of- just miscommunication is some and, and and then we we let it bother us and we didn't get over it you know offensively we just we kept bogging down we kept just getting another penalty and it went first and 10 first and 15 mm-hmm. i'm looking i said what are we doing we're going the wrong way. The train's stuck in yeah, reverse. We're going the wrong huh? way. And then, you know, and then that's, that's, that's kind of how the game, you know, unfolded in the fourth quarter for us. How did you feel you ran the ball overall throughout the game? I thought we did a pretty good job running and actually slowed them down running early. And then the fourth quarter, they hit us on a couple runs. But uh, that was going into the game. We felt like if we could stop, you know, the runs and, and, and make them try to throw the football, the quarterback got out one time or 
twice on us right. for runs. And then he hit a couple explosion plays. He hit a double move on uh, Chase, which was a good was a good play. I mean, it's you know. And then the one we got the guy covered, and for some reason we drop coverage, and we give him one right. So uh, a lot of things that are fixable. Uh, it, it, it had nothing to do with uh, the talent that was on the field. It was just uh, we didn't do our jobs. I always say you know football is about doing your job mm-hmm. and doing it well. And, and at times we didn't do our job well. Bill Belichick's three favorite words, right? Do your job. Daniel Ngata did his job when you put him in the third quarter. He ran the ball eight times, 82 yards, and it seemed like every time he carried the ball, he had four or five yards before contact. Well, I think the thing you'll you'll enjoy about Daniel is, um, you know, he's similar to Eno. When you think about the yeah, there have been a lot of comparisons yeah. with Eno Benjamin, sure. But he but he hits the hole when he presses the hole. When he sees it, he presses it. I mean, he gets into the hole. And, in, you know, all good running backs can do that. They get into the hole, and then from there, when they come on to the other end of it, how many people can you make you miss? You know, he doesn't stutter. He just hits it. When he sees it, he presses the hole. And then from there, you know, he's very explosive when he gets in the field. How did you assess the way Rashad White ran the ball in that game? He ran it pretty well. You know, we can run the football when we get going. Uh, and, 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 you know, Chip's not here. Obviously, he's hurt. He's going to be back hopefully in another week or so. We have our fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But um, now, all of a sudden, you have three dy- dynamic backs. And uh, you got a chance to be pretty good running the football. So, and got to get a pretty good workload this Saturday night against yeah, Colorado? Yeah, I mean, we're going to – and Colorado's going to do the same thing. I mean, yeah. they, they, they like – they have a similar quarterback. They, they, they run the ball with the quarterback, and that's going to be the big deal. Were you encouraged by the fact that you did, you know, I think a lot of people it got lost in the shuffle with all the conversation about the penalties and the turnovers, but you were able to get the passing game going to a certain extent. Jaden Daniels threw for 265 yards. He had a couple of chunk plays, including that beautiful 58-yard reception by Andre Johnson that set up your first touchdown and uh, uh, also had a 29-yard completion to Curtis Hodges during the game. No, and, and that's a good sign. Uh, we, we have to get more explosive plays out of out of the passing game. You know, in football, it never changes. You know, yeah. to score, you got to throw it, and, and to run, you got to win. And you get your explosive pass plays, uh, you know, but those are the big chunks. You need a 25, 30-yarder every once in a while just to just to change the field position. You can run, you know, which is great, but you, you want to take one shot at throwing it down the field and hitting a big one. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets everybody, like, excited. You feel like you got a lot of more. You just went and you 30 took yards. some momentum from them. Yeah, you go 30 yards or 40 yards on a pass play. It's like, oh boy, the defense goes, oh boy. You know, mm-hmm. it just it, it just takes the wind out of you. And we've got some good receivers, and and I think that um, one of them's here tonight, obviously. Yep. And um, the more Jaden gets comfortable in the pocket and with our offense, I think it'll it'll continue to develop. So if you can run the ball and if you can get chunk plays, those are two good things. A third thing that's key to good offense is something your team has actually been doing this year. ASU 16th in the nation in third down conversions. You're converting third downs at a 53% rate on the year, and we're 7 for 13 at BYU on Saturday. Yeah, that's a, that's a good number, and, and I think the next number for us is in the red zone. You know, that's where we have to we have to improve in the red zone. Yeah, you don't want to have to kick field goals. You want to score touchdowns. Same way on defense. Now, we've been put in some bad situations at times, Defensively, giving them a mm-hmm. short field, opening drive, and they get the ball on the five. Right, right, right. right. You want to hold them to field goals, and 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 so I think those are the things that we we continue to work on: third down and red zone offense and defense. Overall, your defense. Did you? How did you feel they played in the game? They played fairly well. Uh, you, 
you hate the miscues of drop coverage and things of that of that sort. But but um, I thought when things weren't weren't going well, they they kind of hung us in there. And then you know it 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 has to go both ways. You know everyone the offense has to play off the defense and the defense has to play off the offense. And um, at times we struggled. You know we struggled offensively. You know when we started going backwards, uh, that was uh, that was not good for anybody. So what do you sense is the mood of your team now? What was the mood in the meeting rooms, in the locker room, on the practice field, uh, the mentality that you think they'll take into this game on Saturday? I, I think they're, they were upset um, with their performance, knowing that it had nothing to do with their talent as a football team. It has something to do with them just not focusing in and, and then allowing turnovers and penalties to play a big part in it. And I don't want to take anything away from BYU. BYU's a really good football they're team. They're a good team. They're a good team, and they're very disciplined. They they did some things right. They didn't make the errors we made. And then you know when you play a team similar to you, and you you make errors, you know you you give them some opportunities that maybe they didn't get on their own, but you kind of help them with. Uh, we can talk to Ricky and Ladarius about this, but if I were a player, I would think the combination of wanting to bounce back from last week and Pac-12 play starting would get me just locked in and focused big time. And, and I think every team in the Pac-12 feels that way that, because you understand that. You know, now some teams have already played a game. Stanford and, and USC yeah, played yeah. a couple weeks ago, yeah. But but most teams, you know, you have the three what we call preseason games, mm-hmm. and then you get ready for Pac-12 play, and then you know you got nine games. For the most part, that's yeah, that's going to be your Pac-12 season, whether you're in the north or the south, and you realize that. And um, you want to win one. You want to get off in, 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 into the win column right away. When you play a Pac-12 game, you want you want to win one. You say, I'm going to win a Pac-12 game, right? And, boy, this next two months really going to be fun to watch. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Plenty more to come on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Arizona State football's sports performance coach Joe Connolly We'll visit with us a bit later in the show, but up next, we're going to chat with two of the Sun Devils' veteran offensive players as wide receiver Ricky Pearsall and offensive guard Ladarius Henderson will join us. But before they do, let's first take a timeout here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game coming up Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. We welcome you back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on by and join us if you're in the neighborhood. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. Time now to meet our two players' guests on tonight's show, a pair of third-year players on the Sun Devil Offensive Unit. Our first guest to my far left was Arizona State's starting left tackle as a true freshman in 2019. This year, he is the starter at left guard and through three games. They actually have stats now for offensive linemen. And for three games, he is tied for sixth in the nation among FBS offensive linemen, having allowed just one quarterback pressure all season. He comes from Waxahachie, Texas, just south of Dallas. We welcome guard Ladarius Henderson to the show. How are you doing, Ladarius? I'm doing great. How are you? I nailed the pronunciation right. Waxahachie, right? (laughs) You did. Yep, it's south of Dallas. I lived in Dallas in the early 80s, and I learned it. And 
I think uh, Ladarius deserves a round of applause. He was about to bite into a really good-looking hamburger <laughs> and gave it up to come up here and spend the next 10 minutes with us. What would you order? All right, a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Oh, oh, chicken. All right, that's even better. Awesome job. Our other guest tonight is from Tempe's Corona del Sol High School, where he once had an Arizona 6A record 342 receiving yards in one high school game for the Aztecs. At Arizona State, he's second on the team this year with 11 receptions. He had five of them in last week's game against BYU. Say hello to hometown product wide receiver Ricky Pearsall. How are you doing, Ricky? I'm good. How are you? This is number two for you this on the show, two, right? Yes. Welcome back, again, my friend. Let's start Thank with you. You've become kind of the Sun Devil Swiss Army knife, I call you. you you've <laughs> caught a pass. You've mm-hmm. thrown a pass. You run, you, you run, you've run for a touchdown this year. Do a little bit of everything. How, when, where did you get to be so versatile? I mean, wherever uh, the team needs me to help them out, I, I like to be the versatile player on the offense. So, I mean, wherever coach throws me, I'm just going to go do that and uh, excel at what, what I do. How were you used at Corona? Did you get your, a taste of that in high school? Yeah, I did a few trick plays at Corona, too, as well. And actually, it was funny because one uh, game, our quarterback went down. And instead of our second-string quarterback went in, I went in. So wow. I played quarterback for a, uh, for a half, actually, of a high school game. How'd you do? I did pretty well. I did yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I mostly was running the ball, though. I'll tell you that. You want, did you win the game? Uh, no, we actually lost, unfortunately. But <laughs> <laughs> What do you like best? You like catching? You like running? You like throwing? Yeah, uh, no, I like catching the uh, best, but, I mean, I like it all. Well, the fact that you can do everything makes you quite the weapon. And uh, Ladarius, uh, we mentioned that uh, two years ago you're first-year freshman and you're coming in and, boom, you're playing left tackle, starting at left tackle. Uh, what was that experience like for you, playing such an important position that early in your career? I think it was a lot of fun. And um, just having that experience is so huge for me now. And in the moment, I mean, I don't really recall ever really being nervous, but it was just an honor for my coaches and teammates to entrust me to do that at the time, and I'm glad that they did. Your offensive line coach at the time was Dave Christensen, and I remember he said uh, when the media talked to him about it is that I don't think he ever remembered using a freshman, op- starting a freshman offensive lineman, true freshman, uh, his entire career, and that year he had two in his lineup because not only you but Donovan West started as true freshman. Uh, how has that experience helped the both of you now, two years later, two years down the road? I know, um, at Donovan, that we see a lot of things like pre-snap because we've done it for so long now. And it's kind of weird saying that because I feel like I just got here. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like having him next to me now that we're next to each other, we just go through progressions and reads of even like corners and linebackers now together and it's like i wonder what we have been able to do that if we didn't go through that together wow so that's been a huge growth thing for us how about his move to center it seems like it's been seamless for him oh i love him at center <laughs> what, what 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 makes him he's is he really good at just uh, calling out the signals the protection schemes and so forth donovan is a really really smart individual especially on the field i know he's been playing football since he was like four years old but he makes my job a lot easier we just help each other out a lot in that way what's the biggest difference for you playing guard as opposed to playing tackle i think the fight comes to you a lot quicker and i actually like that about it now i actually like it a lot and um there's some differences to it but when you really break it down i guess you can say there's a lot of similarities too. Mm-hmm. 
Ricky, I heard Coach uh, Edwards talk about it in the first segment. Uh, as a veteran player, what was the mood in the locker room like after that game Saturday night in Provo? I mean, obviously I think a lot of the guys were disappointed because going into that game we obviously wanted to win. I mean, we wanted to go to uh, be 3-0 and and get that win because it was, it was going to be a big win for us. But at the end of the day, we knew what we did and uh, the mistakes that we did, and we need to clean up a lot of it and uh, get our uh, discipline back on board. And um, I think we're just really excited to go into this next game and um, – because I feel like there, there's been a lot of uh, people talking outside of the locker room, and um, the guys see it, but we try to ignore it as best as possible. But, I mean, s- still some of the guys do hear it and see it, and um, we're really excited to go out there and um, prove that we're still the team that we said we were in the beginning of the season. Does that kind of talk motivate you guys? Because I, I know uh, a lot of coaches. Nick Saban mm-hmm. in Alabama is famous. I think he calls it poison when his team gets praised a lot after yeah. a really good performance. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a player and if I was hearing or knowing about a lot of negative stuff being said, that would motivate me yeah. like crazy the next Yeah, game. it does motivate us in a way, but I, I'm pretty sure everybody's on board and locked in and try to ignore the outside noise. I mean, Coach Herm does a really good job of uh, making sure that um, we block that noise, and he, um, he talks about it a lot in his, some of his meetings. And um, personally for myself, I, I stay off of social media uh, as much as possible, I delete Twitter and because um, wow. I think that's the main source <laughs> of it. But yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and that helps me lock in prior to a game because I just got to play with a clear head out there, so I make uh, smart decisions and play to the best of my abilities. Is that a hard thing to do? Because I know kids your age, uh, you know, social media is the thing, and uh, must be really tough to stay off it, or is it? Maybe it's, it isn't. Huh? Yeah, it's not really that hard for me to be honest. Because I mean, when I was young, I, I broke my phone a lot, so I had to go uh, without my phone a lot, so I was kind of used to it. But, um, yeah, it's not difficult for me yeah. at all. Ladarius, what was it like playing in the O-line with in, in, in that noisy environment? 63,000 fans making a lot of noise up there on Saturday. To be completely honest, it was it was a task to have to deal with that, and I'm um, having to adjust on the move to different things that we did to adjust to that noise and that environment. But, um I mean, it was a it was an experience. I'm glad we experienced it. That now we'll be more experienced in that situation because that was my first time dealing with something that loud. <laughs> that was probably the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Wow! And yet, despite all the mistakes, I thought you had, we talked about moments of domination. How did you feel about the game in the trenches? You were able to run the ball. I think you averaged something like five yards per carry for the night as a team. You gave Jaden some time to throw the football, and he threw for 265 yards. I mean, of course, there are things we can always improve on and do better. But I feel like our O-line unit, we had we had some good moments where we did some good things that we got to see on film the next day. And um, I was telling the guys we need to continue it because I don't really like to rest on laurels. And, like, when the game's over, the game's over. we got another game to play. So that's kind of how I feel about it. That's a great attitude to have, by the way. Ricky, you had the catch of the game. It was in the, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, you were deep in your own end of the field, desperately mm-hmm. needed a first down to get some room, and you go up in the air on the sideline. I don't know, A, how you kept a foot in bounds, and B, you took a hellacious hit. Uh, take us through that play and that catch. Um, it was actually a scramble drill. Uh, I wasn't really supposed to be on the sideline like that because that wasn't my route. But as soon as I saw uh, Jaden scrambling, I scrambled with him, and um, I tell him uh, prior to the snap, well, actually prior to the game, like, if you're scrambling, I'll, I'll always be open for you, and um, I'll be the guy that's moving around and trying to get open for you. So um, if, if you need help, I'll be there. And um, he found me on the sideline, and um, the opportunity to make a play was there, and I just did it. And you guys made a lot of plays in the passing game. How do you feel the passing game evolved uh, on uh, Saturday mm-hmm. night at BYU? I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, it, it's not our full potential. We're going to have better games where uh, we have better passing games, but um, 
since they did drop eight, I think we did a pretty uh, decent job going against that. And um, yeah, just uh, just finding that uh, the holes in their offense and or their defense and continue to do that um, prior or, uh, going forward. How do you feel about the development of your wide receiver group mm-hmm. through three games? Yeah, like everybody talks about how we have a young group and um, just being that leader in the in our group and uh, continuing to push the the guys to get better. And if that's from a film standpoint to on the field. Um, but we're taking big strides for sure. We're, we're taking huge strides, and um, we're going to continue to do that and continue to get better in practice because um, practice makes perfect. And um, yeah, yep, for sure. Ladarius, let's talk about your group. Two years ago, a lot of people said the offensive line was a liability. Right now, uh, there's a lot of people that think the offensive line is one of the strengths, if not the strength, of this football team. Talk about the evolution of your group and how you've evolved into such a really good run blocking uh, unit. Well, I have to credit our um, our coach, Coach Calvin, a lot and what he's done with us. But I will say that I do think this unit has a lot of potential to do some great things this year. And I have to go back to the things we've done in the off season with Coach Joe and with his with his guys and his group and what they do for us in the off season. But even like we just really just made a decision to try to be great this year. Like over the off season, like. Um, Ben Scott and Donovan West sacrificed going home to like come home and train with me so we could be together in doing that. Wow. So we just kind of committed to doing that, and that's what we want to do. So we have to continue to do it. Did, did you train here in, in Arizona or back home in Texas? Back home. Wow. They went, then they went there with you. Huh? Just so we could be together. That's awesome. How about what, what have Kellen Deesh and Henry Haddis brought to your line? Of course, Kellen transferred from Texas A&M. Henry from Stanford. I, I was uh, among the media talking to Henry after practice yesterday. That guy's huge. Oh, yeah, he is. He's big forearms. <laughs> but, um, Seriously. Those guys have played a lot of football. They've seen a lot of things. So having them with us, kind of feel like we just have an older room now, which is new to me because, truthfully, I'm 19, but I don't feel like I'm 19, you know. You don't act like you're 19, man. You, you sound like a seasoned veteran to me. <laughs> Thank you. How about... Let's talk about the way your team runs the football. Do you, as offensive linemen, almost take as much satisfaction in the stats as I'm sure the running backs do? There's some good numbers. Over the last seven games, Arizona State's averaging 248 rushing yards per game, 25 rushing touchdowns in the last six games, the most of any team in the country in the FBS uh, in their last six games. Oh, yeah. We pride that a lot. I know I do for sure. (laughs) Um, When our running backs get to get loose and – just have a great game. I know it's really, like, great for them on the stat line, but when I see that, I'm like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> you know? We have some great, talented running backs, but I, and I love to see them have a great game because just to know that you're physically dominating somebody else to get those yards is ridiculous. You're imposing your will on them is what you're doing <laughs> yeah. at that point. Ricky, uh, your thoughts on your opponent, Colorado. They're coming off a really rough game, only mm-hmm. at 63 yards of total offense losing 30 to nothing at minnesota but you got to know they're a better team than that which what have you seen on tape mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that uh what i've seen on tape is that they're a physical team and um coming off a loss like you said they're coming they're going to come out hungry and um the stuff that their coach is probably telling them they're going to come out hungry and um and excited to play us and so we we got to be excited to play them too as well and um from a passing standpoint i think uh we can beat them and uh, their corners are really physical, and, they, and they're long, so they try to get hands-on. But Play a lot do. of press coverage, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They, they do. And uh, 
we've just been working that in practice and just uh, whatever we're doing in practice and continue to do that and um, just translate over to the game. Ladarius, how about you? Their defense is, isn't bad. They, I think they're tied for first in the Pac-12 in scoring defense on the season. Oh, that's great. I mean, <laughs> I hear this quote all the time. It's not about what they do. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like no matter who we line up against, we can be successful as an offense because I believe in the guys we have in our offensive unit. So, I mean, they're great. Credit to them. And, yeah, we're ready for them, I'd say. You sound like you're ready for Saturday to get here, right? Oh, yeah. I think we are as well. Two great guests. Great to have you guys on the show tonight. Ladarius Henderson, Ricky Pearsall. Fellas, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on the show. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll visit with uh, the head coach of sports performance for Sun Devil Football. Joe Connolly will drop by for a visit. But first, let's take a break. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe will be the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Heck, that's the show we're doing right now. As we continue with this evening show, I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football and your host tonight. Glad you joined us. Our guest in this segment is in his fourth season as Sun Devil Football's head coach for sports performance. Prior to arriving at Arizona State, he served in similar capacities for the football programs at the University of Massachusetts, Louisville, and South Carolina, where he spent seven seasons working for the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier a native of Barnstable, Massachusetts, out on Cape Cod, beautiful Cape Cod. It's a pleasure to welcome Coach Joe Connolly to the show. How are you doing, Joe? Doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. And uh, I think I had it last on my script, but it really should be first. uh, First thing I want to do is congratulate Joe. He and his wife became proud parents for the first time, what, about six weeks ago, your little girl, Callie. How is she doing? She's doing great. Thank thank you, Tim. And uh, she's she's happy. She's healthy. And... uh, we're both a little tired, but other than that, we're doing okay. <laughs> well, it's so great to have her as part of the Sun Devil family. I want to start, uh, we got a shot of uh, a screenshot of a tweet that uh, you put out on Twitter, I think a couple of days ago. It's a picture of you looking like you're ready to go out there and play football for the Sun Devil team. And you just said, back to work, our interpretation and our reaction to our situation is 100% controlled by us. Hashtag forks up. Uh, that's in reaction, obviously, to what happened last week. What was it like for you uh, on the sideline uh, watching the team play in that ball game? It's uh, it's one of those things where a lot of times the narrative that that Coach Edwards wants to present to the team, oftentimes we have to facilitate that as well in the weight room. And that particular quote, I think, really encaptured what we wanted to let these these young men know about because – Ultimately, it's our job, and everything is on us, and everything is in front of us, like Coach just said earlier on in the segment. So all those things, all those little details, we can improve on that. And I think more importantly than anything else, I think everybody in our building is still supremely confident in our football program. And you, I think, as good as well as anybody, have a good finger on the pulse of the program because you spend time with these guys not only on the field, uh, at the meals, but in the weight room. Uh, what's your sense of how they are responding and will respond to uh, last week's loss? 
Yeah, I, I mean, as as a strength coach, you spend more time with them than anybody else, and and you know throughout the entire year. And and my sense and my feeling is is, is they're going to respond favorably for Sun Devil uh, Nation for sure. I, I think um, everybody had a good clear look in their eye all week and and and, and an axe to grind. What were some of the things you saw on the field that pleased you from a sports performance standpoint about the way they played that game the other night? You know, Coach mentioned it earlier on, but, I, you know, our guys don't flinch in, in a physically demanding situation. We don't talk about altitude. Our guys didn't flinch in it, i tell you that. Our defense didn't flinch. Um, you know, we talked about our offensive line being a physical presence. Mm-hmm. That's something we wanted to develop four years ago and and so far we've we've been moving in that You're direction getting there yeah and, and so um the physical nature of that game even when you play against 26 year olds from byu <laughs> we're going toe to toe with them yeah. you know and and i watched the line of scrimmage tim and when it goes in the direction we want it to go in that's a good thing and boy in that third quarter especially when daniel and gotta entered that ball game that was i mean he was getting five six yards downfield before getting touched Mm -hmm. yeah and if you watched it and and, and you had the opportunity to watch that on film that's due to the offensive line moving the defensive line and and i was watching it and and they just warm out in that third quarter i want to take you back to a sequence that impressed me and uh, jeff van rapport and i were both talking about it in the radio booth saturday night Late third quarter, uh, BYU had the ball for the final, I think about three and a half minutes of the quarter. They were driving. Then Merlin Robertson had that interception and fumbled, so you turn the ball right back to BYU. Mm -hmm. They possess it for the first three and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. So in game time, they had the ball for about seven, a little over seven consecutive minutes. In real time, it was probably closer to like 20 minutes, and yet your defense did not allow them to score at the end of that marathon possession. Yeah, that feels pretty good. I mean, that that um, that drive, the first drive before Merlin got that pick, and then, the, you know, the subsequent 70-yard run, and then to turn right around and have to get back on the field, you know, our, it's a testament to our guys and the hard work they do. I know it warms the heart of an offensive line coach to see a team run the ball with the success that your team has the last two years. What does it do to the heart of the sports performance coach when you see the team run the ball like it that? It warms it. It warms it to him, and I think it warms, you know, Coach Edwards' heart as well in, in that regard because, you know, I, I know a few weeks ago he mentioned it. When we run over 200 yards in a game, we're pretty successful. That's that's kind of a standard for us at this point. We, we, we really enjoy that process. Because it, there's something about the ability to run and imposing your will on an opponent that – can defeat them in so many ways. Absolutely. We talk about it a lot in the offseason. I mean, a lot of the different things we do in the offseason from a training perspective directly correlate to that, in, in both mindset and, and, you know, physiologically. So um, it, it, whatever that is, it's working. I can't imagine how your job has changed over the years with all the technology and all the different training paradigms and probably different regimens for different position groups give us a uh, an overall blanket sense of how the job your job has evolved and how it's changed over the last 15 years or so yeah i mean it, it's a great question and i think the 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 most important thing is that it's evolving so fast it's it's evolving it's like your iphone right mm-hmm. you, you get one and then six months later it's obsolete so you have to stay up on the science and the practice of it but essentially tim everything from nutrition to uh programming from a weight room perspective 
to sports science, all that is individual now. And, you know, you have to really micromanage every one of those little details in order to maximize that performance that we're trying to trying to accomplish. So it, it is, it, it's incredibly challenging, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a great staff to help with all those things and, and to manage all that. And, you know, a, a lot of really mature, you know, great to work with young men that can that can really manage all those different things as well and they're smart they they know um you know with the advent of information in the age we're in they mm-hmm. they have an idea of, of of a lot of this even before i i broach the topic so and you have to do different training regimens don't you for different position groups like the needs of uh say ricky pearsall's wide receiver group probably different from ladarius henderson's offensive lineman yeah 100 percent. and and um you don't need to, but you should. You should. And, and, you know, there's some programs in the country that don't, and there's some that do. And, and, and I believe that, you know, individualizing that specificity of the position is extremely important. Also, training age. You know, we don't train an 18-year-old the same way we train a 22- or 23-year-old. You know, everybody that's older than 22 or 23 in the room is not in their head because you don't respond to things the same way you do when you're 18. So you can get away with some different things from a – from a training perspective, to maximize that that adaptation you're trying to get. In your time here, who are some of the players on this team that have made some of the biggest gains in the weight room? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we just had one up there, both both of these young men, you know, Ricky Pearsall and LD. LD's come a long, long way, and, you know, he's he's over there smiling to himself. But uh, That's because he's he, eating that chicken yeah, sandwich. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he's yeah, – yeah. might – yeah, I don't know if he's – it's long gone, Tim. Yeah. It's long gone. Yeah, true. Uh, but he, he's come a long way. And, and you know, I, I, I don't like to single out a lot of individual players in that because, you know, it's a collective. It's, it's, it's a group, and, and we're all in this thing together. And, and as, as one of us goes, we all go. And, and, and it's the same thing, you know, when we talk about wins and losses or, or statistics. It's, it's, about, it's about winning games, and, it, and it's about doing the very best we can. So. What do you sense the mindset of these guys is as they get ready to take that field for their first Pac-12 game Saturday night against Colorado? As Coach said, we have we have all of our goals in front of us, and and I think um, our, the leaders of our program that we've developed over the last four years, we've recruited and developed over the last four years, are, are, are ready to uh, come out of that tunnel and 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 show show what we're all about. I think we're all very anxious to see that happen, and. Uh, usually you wouldn't think this about a sports performance coach, but, uh, Joe, if my spies are correct, you were a baseball player, right, at the University of Hartford? I was, yeah. Tell me about that. So, um, yeah, I, I went to University of Hartford. It was uh, Division One baseball. I played that for, for four years. What and, position? Uh, I was a pitcher, believe it or not. It was many pounds ago and uh, <laughs> a lot of muscle ago, I think. What was your repertoire? Uh, uh, fastball, four-seam, two-seam. I had a, a curveball. And a uh, split finger. There you go. Mm-hmm. I assume you're a Red Sox fan. I am, yes. Yeah, Seven-game winning streak right now. They're currently the number one wild card, right, in the American Don't League? get a lot of chance to watch them, but mm-hmm. I did happen to tune in last night. They were playing the Mets, and they wiped them out. So we got a big series this weekend with the Yankees. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. So wild card battle. That's, yeah. I think we're up two games, and it's a three-game series. So I think we'll Toronto's see. in that mix, too. It's uh, pretty exciting coming down the stretch. And, it is. Uh, 
I'll tell you what, there's nothing like October baseball. Of course, Bostonians are pretty pretty much accustomed to October baseball. But, uh, Joe, so great to have you at Arizona State. Great to have you on the show, my friend. And give Callie our best. Give her a hug I will. Thank, us, right? thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. That's Sun Devil Sports Performance Coach Joe Connolly joining us here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, Mountain, Cord, uh, mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to that Pac-12 opening game against Colorado this Saturday. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. We thank you for joining us for tonight's installment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light. And don't forget, fans, game day like it's the only day with a nice cold Coors Light an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards rejoins us now, but first, this late news bulletin from the newsroom. Ladarius Henderson has finished his chicken sandwich, I think. Is that right, Coach? Yes, yes. And now he's working on his dessert. Oh, okay. He, but he, I, don't, I don't even want to look at that. Joe doesn't want to know either. He so. crushed that sandwich, though. I, I felt so bad. He was just about ready to take a bite, and we had to bring him up here to do this segment. But uh, he and Ricky killed it. We had great guests tonight. Joe it was terrific as well. Joe does such a great job for your program. He really he? does. It was, it was a great hire for us. Uh, you know, I, I've been in the business a long time. And he, he crushed it when he came and did his interview. He he, uh, he had a, he had a jacket. I remember, it was that night he had his jacket on, had this jacket on, and all of a sudden I said, "Joe, you could take your jacket off because he's getting ready to go on the board and explain." Right, right. The time he took the jacket off, with five minutes in, into it, he's sweating and he's doing like, and, and I'm tapping those guys on the side. I said, "I got my weight coach. I know who my weight coach is. I got it." <laughs> we only interviewed one person with Joe. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I said, "I got my guy. I know who I want." <laughs> he does a great job, I tell oh, you. Boy. Uh, your opponent Saturday, uh, a team that managed just 63 yards of offense, the eighth worst by the way, in Colorado history. Minus 19 yards rushing last week for CU and a 30 nothing loss at home to Minnesota. And yet, this is a team that last year, Carl Dorrell, their head coach, was the Pac-12 coach of the year. They were 4-1 and one in the regular season, lost their bowl game to Texas, and they have a running back, Jarek Broussard, the reigning Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. What's your take on Colorado? Well, it was just one of those games for them. Um, that's not who they are at all. I think you'll see the team that shows up here Saturday, the 4-1 team that were, were coach was a coach of the year, and, and, and the runner obviously is a fantastic runner. And they got to get back to what they do, and that's running the football. Uh, they got really two outstanding backs, and the quarterback is, is similar to the one we faced last week. Brendan Lewis, yep, another, can, another um, multi-threat guy. Yeah, and that's what scares you when you play teams like that. And, and they've got a host of receivers um, uh, that, that can catch the ball vertically. Uh, defensively, uh, they're they're stout. They do a good job. Don't give up a lot of points, uh, you know. So they're 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 built and, and they're built well. So you know it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough football game. We mentioned Carl Durrell. He uh, played and uh, was the head coach at one time at UCLA. Spent 14 years as an NFL assistant, including some time with the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And Sun Devil old timers may remember that in 1994. Carl Dorrell was the wide receivers coach at Arizona State as an assistant to Bruce yeah. Snyder. Do you know yeah. Carl? I do. Uh, great, great coach, uh, great person. And, um, you know, his team, his teams play hard. They always have. And, and, and you know, he, he's, he's an offensive guy, but he has, a, he has a very good knowledge of what he wants, what the type of program he's trying to build. And you can see it. He's doing a good job there. 
And I thought he did a really great job last year, considering he wasn't hired, I don't believe, until February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, Mel Tucker had been the coach, and then late in this in the process was offered the job at Michigan State. So Carl gets hired in late February, and then COVID wipes out spring ball and uh, yep. his summer program, and yet they, he was able to get them jump started to a four and one start last year. Played played well and. and He's built his team, similar to a lot of teams. You know, they they run the football. They do a good job of running the ball, and they don't turn it over. I mean, that's they you know they they play complementary football. One uh, named of note, a uh, wide receiver for the Buffs, a product of Hamilton High School, Brendan Rice, mm-hmm. is the son of the NFL's all-time leading receiver, Jerry Rice, and he's one of their leading receivers at Colorado. Yeah, yeah this Brendan year. is a, a talented young man, and. Um, we had a shot at him, but he decided to go to Colorado, and um, that's fine. And he's doing a good job there. And the thing about you learn about those receivers they have up there, they, they're like our receivers. They block. They block you. I mean, they're, they're involved in the run game. They, they will block you, and, uh, you know, they've got a, a crew of big receivers. They're 6'2", six, 6'3", six, guys that can, that can run and very athletic. Boy, an unfortunate break for your team, losing uh, Russian Trevez Moore for the season with his uh, knee injury at uh, BYU the other night. And, Jermaine Lole already out. Uh, we talked so much about the depth you had this year. That depth in your D-line is being tested early on this season. It, it has been, and injuries are part of it. And you hate to lose, um, you know, starters. But here again, this is why you try to build your team with, with some depth. And uh, we have some guys that have to fill in. And, and, you know, and AP's done a good job with that, uh, with, with the guys that he's missed already, mm-hmm. uh, to, to fill in with other guys. And we're giving guys opportunities to play. How do you feel the defense is progressing through your first three games? I think they're playing fairly well, to be quite honest. Uh, now, this game might have not dictated. You know, they, they give them 27 points. But when you think where they were, where, you know, how it all pulled out for them in, in first play of the game, the offense has, their offense has a ball on the five-yard line due to a turnover, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think for the most part, uh, you know, AP's done a nice job. He's very detailed, very organized. Uh, players play for him. They play hard. And that's what you want. You want them to play hard and uh, you want them to play physical. They do that. And we've done that as a football team for the most part. We just have to play a little bit smarter. What will be some of the words you'll say in your final message to the team before they take the field on uh, Saturday night against CU? Well, very simple. That uh, pack season play starts this Saturday. And we have an opportunity. We control our own destiny. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Real simple form. Win and you'll be okay. What concerns you most about defense? I know you said the other day they play a lot of press coverage. They'll test your receivers, right? They, they do. They, they do play. They play a lot of press coverage, and they don't give up a lot of points. They're good in the red zone, third down. So that's going to be uh, the battle we have with them. Can we score when we get in the red zone, and on third downs, can we convert? They have a playmaker on defense. Keep an eye on uh, Saturday night. Number fifty-three linebacker Nate Landman. Three-time All-Pac-12. He's eighth in Colorado history in tackles. He's one of those. Every year, you know, in the, in the three sports I broadcast, it seems like a lot of programs have a guy that seems like he's been there for like five or six years. <laughs> yeah. And Nate Landman's that guy for Colorado. Yeah. Every time I turn around, it's 53. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's a heck of a player. He is so. a good football player. It's going to be a big one on Saturday night. And uh, the Sun Devil Radio Network will have you covered for all the action in the game against Colorado, we start at 5 p.m. Saturday with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone, broadcasting live from the Santan Ford Club on the East Concourse of the Stadium. Jordan and former ASU quarterback Jeff Van Raphorst will join me to bring you the play-by-play with kickoff set for 7.32. You can hear the action on 
ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2. The game will also be streamed on ArizonaSports.com and the AZ Sports app. Thanks tonight to our great engineer producer, Sean Crespin. Thanks to Sean Mitchell of the Sun Devil Radio Network, to Jeff Darge of the Sun Devil Radio Network for their help. Thanks also to ASU Football, Nate, Kyle, Marcus, and our operations director emeritus tim cassidy who joined us again tonight good luck this saturday thank you my friend we'll see you next week here at the lodge to preview the sun devils game at ucla for home edwards i'm tim healy thanks for listening so long everybody